Act Two of Rollo's Wild Oat by Claire Coomer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two Scene Rollo's Dressing Room in the Oddity Theater. A dressing table right. A chair in front of it. A poster of the Rollster Producing Company, on wall right upper. A sheet for covering costumes on wall left upper. A door upstage center. A wardrobe chest down left center. A chair upright. At rise, Houston enters the room, followed by Lydia in prologue costume. Where have you looked for him, Houston? Well, miss, there's not much place to look, only behind the curtains and I've shaken them thoroughly. But you don't really think he's running away, Houston? Why, what can he be thinking of? Very likely he's not thinking at all, miss. Just stepping out. Houston, shouldn't you notify Mr. Stein? Well, that's it, miss. It's very early. Of course, Mr. Rollo has plenty of time to get back. Yes, if we only knew which direction he's going in. Houston, I think we should ask someone's advice. Yes, miss. Whose? Well, I think Mr. Lucas is the most sensible one in the company, don't you? He might be, at that. Yes, ask Mr. Lucas to come here. If I just raise my voice, he'll hear me. Mr. Lucas, would you kindly step into Mr. Webster's dressing room for a moment? Lucas, very audibly from the next room... Why, certainly. Is there any hurry? Yes, there is. To Houston. Why, isn't that wonderful? You can hear perfectly. Very wonderful, sometimes, miss. Enter Lucas in costume of Laertes. Lydia, looking at him admiringly. Mercy! Is anything the matter? Nothing. Only you look so terribly handsome. Her manner changing. Yes, yes, there is something the matter. Rollo has disappeared. Disappeared? Why, that's impossible. Glancing at Houston. Yes, sir, it's true. Do you think we ought to send Houston to tell Mr. Stein? Decidedly. Don't bring him back with you, Houston, if you can help it. Just say that Mr. Rollo has gone, and, uh, uh... Looking inquiringly at Lucas. And hasn't come back. Yes, tell him that, Houston. Yes, miss. Exits. What do you suppose we'll do if he doesn't come back at all? Lydia, downright. It's odd, really. Everything I have anything to do with closes just before it opens. Does it? Of course, I can't be very sorry, because I'm so frightened. Are you? Lucas comes down left of Lydia. Yes. Mr. Lucas, you've been so kind to me, helping me about my part and everything, but I don't think I'll ever be really great, do you? Who can tell? Why, I think almost anyone can. I'm not strange enough. Now you, anyone can see that you are a great actor. Do you think so? Oh, yes, you are quite different from anyone I've ever met. You seem to be acting all the time. I suppose you do it even when you are alone. I'm not acting when I'm with you, Lydia. Oh, aren't you? You seem to be. I like it. 
only it does make you seem very far away i don't want to seem far away and i don't want to be far away and i shall regret it most bitterly if you give up the stage for then i shall lose you out of my life why mr lucas looking up at him call me george oh i couldn't takes a sidestep nearer lucas why of course you could call me george about to put his arm around her enter rollo his overcoat is on over his hamlet costume what's the idea lydia springing away from lucas lucas goes left that's just what we were asking oh really it didn't sound like that lydia sitting on chair where have you been i've been out looking at the moon looking at the moon where in its usual place but where were you rollo i was just across the street in a doorway i found over there on the night you're going to play hamlet yes the moon is shining just the same did you notice it lucas i can't say i did i came down in the subway you ought to go out and have a look at it after all nature well she's pretty wonderful i don't care what you say crosses left to lucas i never had any idea but that she was mr webster you don't seem to realize that we were terribly worried about you rollo houston has gone to tell mr stein that you've disappeared rollo glancing accusingly at lucas who told him to do that well you had hadn't you how could we know that you were hiding in a doorway enter stein stein much excited well here he is you want to turn my hair white i suppose you're always making trouble lucas getting up a scare i heard it about you before in every company you ever was in you get up an excitement over nothing don't be absurd mr stein i had nothing to do with it stein to rollo they told me you had left us flat that's a nice thing to say to a manager when he's standing in a lobby on opening night trying to keep a smile on his face where was you rollo i just stepped out to get a little air quite natural i should think i should think so too sits on bench lucas crossing to lydia if i can't be of any more service to you i'll go thank you so much for all you've done i'll go too follows lucas down lucas exits lydia just a moment to her softly if i ever catch you calling him george exit lydia haughtily don't you feel good rollo uh, i feel all right takes off overcoat and puts it on chair upstage sits in chair at dressing table you know i'm as nervous as the dickens some fellows i know been talking to me out there because i'm producing shakespeare they got a respect for me they never had before well that's good better late than never those fellows said they didn't think i had it in me i didn't it is you i have to thank rollo crosses to rollo 
that's all right stein old man i don't want you to thank me call me Abe. if you don't mind i won't just now later perhaps after the performance rollo promise me you ain't gonna lay down on me rollo rising my god no all right all right don't get excited and if you do get nervous just say to yourself abby is counting on that lights go out calling as he exits lights lights houston enters lighting the candles on rollo's dressing table i thought this would happen sir when i saw the electrician so i prepared for it a knock on the door rollo opens door goldie stands in the doorway she wears a kimono but her hair is still coiled round her head mr webster the lights have gone out in my dressing room mine are out too come in and wait houston find the electrician exit houston goldie coming in it's terribly early goes left sits on bench yes it will be forever until the curtain goes up but it will go up sits on bench left of goldie oh yes it will go up and then no matter what happens it will come down something quite outside myself seems to be telling me that it's a tremendous moment a moment so many have gone through i suppose because a tremendous man provided it for us when i read his lines i find i am singing them that's because he meant you to he grips you goldie you can't get away from him you could have but it's too late now goldie we are like two children waiting to be born into a wonderful world the world shakespeare made yes i don't feel as though i shall live very long of course you will it's natural that the greatness of what we are about to do should be a little overpowering oh i'm glad to hear you speak that way it is great much too great for us i mean for me and i can't help feeling that mrs park gales ought to be doing it she wouldn't have wanted anything changed or left out she wouldn't mind a puffed and reckless libertine at all she said so goldie don't talk like that they read the lines the way he meant them to i'm sure he never would have wanted me warning lights he was a man goldie uh, of course he would have wanted you and hated mrs park gales do you think so i know it i wish i could say something to comfort you goldie but i can't seem to help thinking of myself this feeling of of awe that i have is almost physical i know take long breaths and if you can keep your knees stiff you'll be all right someone who knew all about it told me that who knew all about what why stage fright that's what we have 
I always have it. It's Shakespeare, Goldie. I felt just the same way when I played in Sinbad the Sailor. Oh, if we only weren't going to do it. Rises to center. Rollo, going close to her. Don't feel so badly about it. Just keep saying over and over to yourself. He does want me. He does. I know he wants me. Who, Rollo? Lights go on. Why, Shakespeare. There they are. I must go. Goodbye. Good luck, Rollo. Exits. Enter Houston with long box, stems protruding from the end. Rollo goes to dressing table. Some flowers for you, sir. Take them out. Don't bring anything in here until I get out. Very good, sir. Would you care to know who they're from? No. I'll just set them outside. Puts box outside. Entering. I haven't come across your wig, sir. I've got it on. You're not going to wear your own hair, sir. Why not? Hamlet wore his own hair, didn't he? But he was always referred to as the melancholy dame, sir. Well, can't you be melancholy with light hair? I had hoped you were going to take off your mustache, sir. What for? I'm sure Hamlet didn't wear a mustache. I'm sure he did. And that was exactly like mine. Camperdown knocks. Houston opens door. Camperdown, made up as Polonius, with an insinuating look at Rollo. Well, how are we feeling this evening? I'm feeling all right. How are you feeling, Houston? I'm feeling very well, sir. Camperdown to Rollo. Don't be nervous. After all, it's no more than others have tried to do. And there's always room in the world for one more Hamlet. Thanks. I hope there'll be more room in the world than there is in this dressing room. I remember the occasion of my first appearance very well. I was in the theater by three o'clock in the afternoon. Some friends brought me food at about six. A dish of very nice grilled bones and an egg on the side. Do you think I could eat? I fairly drove them from the room. How did you do it? I understand, Mr. Webster. Laughing indulgently. I won't wait. Success to you. Exit. Thanks. Shut the door and lock it. Will you, Houston? I'll shut it, sir. But I can't lock it. Why not? Because there is no key, sir. Rollo, getting nervous, crosses to left. N no key? I never heard of such a thing. How are you supposed to keep the door shut? Lean against it, I suppose, sir. Now that I examine it, there's not even a keyhole. Have it attended to at once. Uh, call somebody. I doubt if there's anyone with a keyhole in the house, sir. A rap at the door. Careful now. Sits chair right. Mrs. Park Gales at the door. Just a moment, please. I must speak to Mr. Webster. Mr. Webster is dressing. Well, can't I just speak to him through a crack in the door? Mr. Webster, it's most important. 
it's about miss macduff rollo anxious going to door what is it is anything the matter i should think so she enters made up as queen it's her hair mr webster you must speak to her about it mrs park gales carries in her hand a flaxen wig with a few lilies tangled in it rollo horrified at sight of it what's that this is a very beautiful wig that i wore for years mr webster i have offered it to miss macduff but she has refused it none too graciously either if you know anything about hair you can see i don't please take it away it smells of mothballs oh that comes right out don't let it come out here please but miss macduff has no hair but her own to wear mr webster miss macduff is wearing the hair i want her to wear mrs gales but she looks like a soubrette will you at least see it before you let her go on with it unless you have seen her with her hair down perhaps you have i have not ask her to come in here i will and i'll leave this in case you change your mind waving the wig uh, don't leave it in here if you value it mrs gales uh, houston see that wig out the door yes sir i'll take it at least i've done my part in memory of the ophelias of better days success mr webster exits with wig rollo backs up to chair at dressing table bumps into it damn i'm glad to see you get so excited sir you'll give a much better performance i'm not excited but i hate great hanks of hair from god knows whose head smelling of mothballs a rap on the door euston goes and admits goldie she wears her ophelia costume her hair in braids Houston, see if you can find a keyhole yes sir exits i heard what she said mr webster from my dressing room i can't wear my hair any differently and if you want to get someone else to play the part you can do so i will gladly resign rollo looking at her with unaffected admiration goldie how exquisite how heavenly you look goldie surprised but finishing what she had come to say i have said i didn't want to play it and i don't rollo looking at her hair goldie can it be possible that it is really yours of course rollo delicately pointing from tip to top of braids all the way from here to here may i take one in my hand how cool and lovely they are are they braids goldie no it's plaited do you really like my hair good heavens my dear i <laughs> i never felt like this about anyone's hair in all my life before takes braid and kisses it then kisses her goldie submits without a struggle forgive me 
I shouldn't have done that. Will you forgive me? Goldie crosses right. Why, of course, Rollo. It's quite all right. I expected you to. Rollo, down right center. You did? Yes, they all have. Mr. Stein and everybody. Rollo, starting away angrily. Well, that doesn't make it any better. No, not any better. Only I'm used to it. Goldie, how could you let that man kiss you? I didn't. He just did. Just the way I did, I suppose. <sighs> what beasts we are. I hadn't any idea I was going to do it. Or I'd have led up to it in some way. Led up to it? Yes. You must have noticed, Goldie. You must have realized in these past three weeks. Are you leading up to it? Are you going to do it again? No, I'm not. I wouldn't make you afraid of me for all the world. I'm not afraid of you, Rollo. Aren't you? I know that it doesn't mean anything. I'm not the one that you... It wasn't a serious kiss. Wasn't it? But it was. That is, it would have been, but you see... So much depends on tonight. I hardly know yet who I am. I may find that I'm just plain Rollo Webster. And I may find that I'm... Hamlet. Yes. Enter Houston. Hastily takes Hamlet cloak from behind wardrobe curtain. Better be getting out, sir. I should say so. Exit Rollo and Houston. Houston carrying cloak. After Rollo's exit, Goldie goes to the dressing table and looks at herself in the mirror. Goldie, to her reflection, Why, Goldie Macduff, whatever are you doing in Ophelia's clothes? My poor child, I'm sorry for you. I'm truly sorry. Enter Houston excitedly. Don't go, miss. Just for a moment. Something has happened. What is it, Houston? Just after Mr. Wallow went on the stage, a message came for him. It was delivered to me. It's, er, uh, it's about his grandfather. What's the matter? Why, his grandfather is sick and, well, here's the message. Goldie, taking the message from him, reads. Come at once if you ever wish to see your grandfather alive again. What are you going to do, Houston? That's it, miss. I've sent out front for Mr. Stein. If he wants to do anything, he can. Ready to fade out lights, end of scene. But Mr. Rollo must be told, Houston. He must be told immediately. I don't see that, miss. Shakespeare is a solemn occasion. Almost as solemn, we might say, as death. It deserves the same respect. I shall not tell him, at least while he's on stage. But you must, Houston. It may be too late if you wait. Houston, crossing right. I am sorry you feel this way about it, miss. Oh, but I do. Anyone would. Stein enters. Goldie crosses to him, center. 
"'Mr. Stein, Mr. Webster's grandfather is ill and has sent for him. "'You must stop the performance at once.' "'Goldie, you an actress to say such a thing?' "'His grandfather means far more to him than Hamlet. "'He would want you to tell him.' "'Is the old man very sick?' "'Of course he is. Look.' "'She shows him the message.' He can't prevent his grandfather dying, Goldie, even if we told him. He'll never forgive you. He'll never forgive himself. Think what it will mean to him, that while he was out there playing a part, a real person, his own grandfather, was calling for him. Haven't you any feeling? Haven't you any heart? Sure I got a heart. But you gotta control your heart, Goldie, in this business. Put yourself in his place. I never was a dying grandfather, but if I was one, I don't think I would want to break up a show on opening night. Goldie, going center, turning to Houston. And you, Houston. After all, you're the one who ought to do it. You're the one who has been told to do it. Oh, it's wicked. You must tell him. You must. If you don't, I shall. Starts to exit. Stein, blocking her way. You go there. Have you lost your senses? No, I haven't. Don't you know they never deliver a message like this in the theater? If this was a regular theater, we wouldn't know anything about it. I'm glad it isn't, then. Let me go. Nothing. No one can stop me, because I know I'm doing right. Exits. Curtain. Lights out. Act Two. Scene Two. Dark change from the preceding scene to stage of the Oddity Theatre. Act One. Scene Two of Hamlet is in progress. The room of state in the castle is represented by a gray backdrop, a platform with two gold chairs and a fur rug. The lighting is odd but rather interesting, the gold chair section being reddish, indicating the character of the king and queen, while a pale lemon light shines on the features of Hamlet. Discovered at Rise, King, Queen, Hamlet, Polonius, and Laertes. King, in continuing speech, What wouldst thou beg, Laertes, that shall not be my offer, not thy asking? The head is not more native to the heart, the hand more instrumental to the mouth, than is the throne of Denmark to thy father. What wouldst thou have, Laertes? Dread, my lord, your leave and favour to return to France, from whence, though willingly I came to Denmark to show my duty in your coronation, yet now I must confess that, duty done, my thoughts and wishes bend again toward France, and bow them to your gracious leave and pardon. Have you your father's leave? What says Polonius? He hath, me lord, wrung from me me slow leave, by laboursome petition, and at last upon his will I sealed me hard consent. I do beseech you, give him leave to go. Take thy fair hour, Laertes, time be thine, and thy best graces spend it at thy will. But now my cousin Hamlet and my son hamlet aside a little more than ken and 
less than kind how is it that the clouds still hang on you not so my lord i am too much in the sun good hamlet cast thy knighted colour off and let thine eye look like a friend on denmark do not for ever with thy veiled lids seek for thy noble father in the dust thou knowest tis common all that live must die passing through nature to eternity ay madam it is common if it be why seems it so particular with thee rollo who has intended to play in the simple modern manner is by this time infected with the old school work of the others and begins to sing his lines seems madam nay it is i know not seems he rises letting his cloak fall back on seat tis not alone my inky cloak good mother nor customary suits of solemn black nor windy suspiration of forced breath no nor the fruitful river in the eye nor the dejected haviour of the visage together with all forms moods shapes of grief goldie enters rollo that can denote me truly these indeed seem for they are actions that a man might play rollo but i have that within which passeth show these but the trappings and the suits of woe king taking rollo's cue to ignore goldie tis sweet and commendable in your nature hamlet to give these mourning duties to your father oh stop wait it's your grandfather oh that this too too solid flesh would melt king and queen rise sit down king and queen sit thaw and resolve itself into a dew or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter oh god god you will forgive me when you hear what it's about you must come with me at once rollo still trying to save the play severely to goldie begone girl art mad before thy time no no oh please you must believe me your grandfather has sent for you get thee to a nunnery and quickly too surely he's more important than all this a grandfather is important even necessary but there is a time and place for everything but he's ill very ill no one else would tell you rollo to goldie is it true think well before you speak for if i leave this scene my future hopes are quite quite blasted yes oh yes it's true then that's the end of it as far as i'm concerned he walks off the stage curtain end of act two